Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And I, I'm kind of excited tonight. You know, it's like old friends time here. And I've been uh, wanting to do Chris Dental, uh, Michael over at Chris Dental, Dr. Bratlin has been wanting to do a what are they up to now kind of thing. And so uh, I put in a phone call to Shelly Kurtz and I haven't heard her back from her for a while, but she used to work at Cave Out. But I also tonight we're going to talk with John Fisher. And for those of you who have been around for any time at all, you know that John Fisher was the weatherman, not just at KEZI. He was just the weatherman. Everybody knew John because he was funny and quirky and did weird, fun things and gardened. And, and he was just like in everybody's living room all the time. So John's going to join us. But before I bring John on, uh, he and I have been chatting up and talking about what's gone on in the past. But I first want to bring this up because this is an old piece of video from John used to do this thing called Garden Tips. And, um, and people loved it because he got really, John was very, um, very uh, earthy, ecologically minded. And so he gave people really, and Eugene, really good tips on how to do gardening the right way, not going out and fertilizing everything and doing stuff. So check this out. You got to see this is John Fisher. Of course, any method you use to put a garden into a space where you've never had one before also works real nicely for expanding your present garden. My family's appetite for corn seems to get a little bigger each year, so we try to make the corn patch a little bigger each year. Now, this year we grew pumpkins on this black plastic. Next year, all I'll have to do is peel the plastic back. Underneath here, the weeds have been pretty well killed. By the time April or May and next year rolls around, there'll hardly be any weeds left here at all. Underneath the plastic, the soil should be nice and weed-free, and it's relatively easy to work up in the spring. Black plastic, a real good way to kill the weeds in your garden before you put a new one in. Another good way to get a garden going for next year is pile leaves up in the spot you want to be planting vegetables next year. They'll kill the grass and stuff underneath there during the winter and then provide great organic matter to work into the soil in the spring. Well, let's say you don't want to wait for the plastic or the leaves to do their job or you've got a lot of extra energy this fall. What you might want to do is turn things under now and then go ahead and plant a cover crop on there. I'm going to use red clover. This will pretty well choke out the weeds during the course of the winter as it grows up and when I turn it under in the spring, it'll provide nitrogen and good organic matter into the soil. And finally, if you're going to be putting a garden in a spot where you have lawn out right now, you could probably improve the soil fertility by liming it. What I use is either a cup or a half of a coconut shell. To put the lime out, just put the lime in the coconut, mix it all up, put the lime in the coconut, and then spread it around the garden. About 10 pounds per 100 square feet may be necessary if you have real acidic soil. There you go, John. <laughs> <laughs> I have the, the first the one thing I have to say is a I got the plastic idea from Joe Gensanti and I, I don't use the plastic anymore and it's crimson clover not red clover I, I misspoke red clover will stay forever and you won't be able to kill it crimson clover which I planted in my garden and a garden I do it sponsors to so but that I looked a little different didn't I it was funny to be a little boy <laughs> <laughs> so John, I don't know if you can see, but people will write comments on your screen there. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. we loved him. What happened to Al Peterson? <laughs> I'm looking for Al. Al's still around. Um, hold on, I'm going to get some. Rick, can we check on Dave Sweeney? Dave Sweeney lives up in the Portland area. Um, friends would love John Fisher. Sat behind him at football games. Francis says it was the best segment on the news. Oh my God, uh, he's our all-time favorite. Didn't John grow a garden in a parking lot? I did at KEZI, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
You did. I remember that because when we moved to the new studio, you had that whole garden area. They actually built a garden area. Well, John did, but they gave him an area outside there uh, to be using that. That's I forgot it. That's how big a deal that was to our show. Not that kind of lime. Don't put that kind of lime in. We know somebody with Lyme disease. L I M E. <laughs> so. Al is in Portland also. Uh, I knew he just, Al just retired very recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was down here, but I, he had so many homes down here. I wonder if he's living up there. I'll try to connect with him because he's on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Best weatherman ever, great community person. Because So John, how when did you start at KEZI? I think it was 85. Yeah, yeah, about 1985. And you came from where? What did uh, you Green do? Bay. Green Bay, Wisconsin. And you were a weather guy there? Yep, I was a meteorologist there too. Once in a while, somebody would bump into me in the store here and go, "Aren't you from Green Bay?" Which is kind of an you know, how many people moved from Eugene, Green Bay to Eugene? But a few. So, how did you get into weather? Because I don't think anybody uh, ever knows. You know, when I was a little kid, my desire was to be a television meteorologist, and I was a builder for about ten years, and then the building trades collapsed, and my girlfriend at the time, now my wife of uh, 40 years said, didn't you always want to be a television meteorologist? So I went back to school and got a job. You know, pretty, pretty simple. So um, were you always kind of, uh, I mean, because you're kind of like a hippie, right? I mean, the old good kind of hippie. I, you know, I, I often say back in my hippie days as if I had a period where I wasn't, but yes, I mean, you know, we're very organic and, uh, you know, I'm, I am very environmentally conscious. I have a mostly electric car now and stuff, but uh, I have grown a, a bit of a beard back again, too. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that nice when you leave news, you can actually start doing things that you could never, because even with John, I remember they'd always have little conversations with us about how we were supposed to dress and whether our yeah. tie was this yeah. way. And that was not you in the least at all. No, no. I... I, I didn't realize I have a pretty heavy beard and I used to have to shave twice a day, right? To, in order to look decent. And so yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Not and anymore. Not anymore. You never wore makeup, did you? Uh, I think once because they had the makeup person come in and she did it for us. And then I just kept saying, oh, I, I was busy. I was busy. Oh, it doesn't look good on a lie. No, I didn't. And, and there was nothing wrong with makeup. I mean, theater people wear makeup, but just I didn't want to do it. And you know, how much different was I really going to look? And and on you anchors, they would give you this shot that's pretty close. On yeah. me, you know, I was back, back this far. How much of my makeup are you going to see anyway? So right. but it was mostly lazy laziness. Well, and I'll say this too, because John would never say this, but you were, I mean, because you and I had some conversations once. I went to John one time, I remember this, and I had bargained my contract and my dad was a negotiator. And I go, John, your Q rating is super high. You need to be asking for more money. Because <laughs> John was like, when our ratings would come in, John's Q rating would be number one, mine would be number two, and everybody else would fall under that. And a Q rating was how popular you are with the yeah, audience. Nothing to do with Q and non. Nothing to do with Q and non. Yeah, yeah. Or cute. It was a Q, not a Q. Oh, I lived on Howard Street. I lived on Chicago Street. Dottie. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So Dottie, she's, uh, you're reading this. Miss you, John Fisher. Yes. yes I can John, see, I can read them. I'm still a multitasker, Rick. I can read them and talk to you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're better than me. I sometimes have to get up there and really look at them. So um, tell them about your daughters. So you are, you're a grandpa now. 
Yep. Yep. I have three daughters and two of them have uh, children. I got a seven-year-old in New Zealand, which is a drag. I, I love the seven-year-old. Don't get me wrong, but New Zealand is a long ways away. And now you have to stay in a hotel for two weeks. So we haven't seen them for about a year and a half. And then I have a one and a half year old in the La Grande, Oregon, who both the child is lovely and the, the family is lovely. And they have a farm out there. If you're over there, Evergreen Family Farms. And I've helped them put up a couple of green, I mean, these 80 foot by 30 foot greenhouses. And it's a lot of fun. And then my last daughter lives in Eugene, Leah, and she is pregnant, very, very pregnant right now. So it's a, uh, it's very fun to have grandkids and I'm looking forward this one to being a little closer. So it doesn't have to always be a special trip, special trip, you know, New Zealand and the Grand Railways. So how are the boys, girls, what do you, how many boys? Oh, how many um, I got one boy and one girl. Okay. I'm so used to the concept that all children are girls because my children are all girls that it doesn't occur to me that you could have a male child. Yeah. John had three girls. I had two boys. And when we worked the 11, we'd get into some of the most interesting conversations when Lisa wasn't around. When Lisa Virch was around, she kind of made, do you remember when she used to take, I don't know if you, because John always, like his weather office was in the back in the old station. And so he was always kind of separate from us, but he, he always was around and knew what was going on. But Lisa Virch used to write nasty things on the teleprompter that I would get up, sit at that little teleprompter at the old yeah, station to yeah. read pieces. And she'd write nasty things and she didn't know because it was just after closed captioning came out. And we didn't know that it went over the air oh. from she was doing this. Oh. And one day I looked and I went, Lisa, I think that went over the air. She goes, no, it didn't. I go, go ask Nick. So she went and asked Nick Bass and he goes, yeah. And it was like all these months she'd been writing these really terrible things. And it was like, oh. and we never got caught. I mean, nothing ever happened. Wow. Remember watching him love the beard dude though you were working undercover <laughs> yeah I, I you know what's odd is i was undercover when i was wearing a suit and shaving all the time and That's now crazy. i feel like i'm more in my uh, my own personal place so so what is your fondest memory because you were there to, so you started and win 1980 Yep, yep. Okay, that's when I got in the business in Coos Bay. And then I started at KZI in 89. So we worked together till I left in 2008 and you left in 2010. Mm -hmm. Right. What is your, like, what's your fondest oh. memory? What do you, what do you remember about all that? You know, I think what was the most uh, amazing is the latitude that I was given to fool around and, you know, make silly things up and, uh, you know, I, what, what, I used to fill zucchini, make zucchinis go down the river and turn them into drawbridges. So, you know, that was a lot of fun to be able to, to fool around and get encouraged for the most part. And then I really like doing live broadcasts. You know, we got to yeah. go all over the place. And some people don't like doing live broadcasts, you know, because a little more work, but it was so much fun to be down at the fairgrounds or what have you and that sort of thing. And of course, weather is what I've loved my whole life. I still, first thing in the morning when I get up, I go check what the weather is going to do. Do you really? Oh, absolutely. We had a record low um, the night before last, 30 degrees. I, I have fruit trees that are blooming. I have 50 fruit trees in my yard right now. So I got paid to look at the weather all the time and tell people about it. And um, nobody pays me to talk about the weather anymore, but I still talk about it a lot. You know, it's funny, John, is you kind of were a social media before there was social media. Because, I mean, the stuff you were doing is what works on social media today. Yes, yes. You know I mean? and, oh, absolutely. And you, 
I do remember like what was so hard at the KEZI and any TV station actually is they were so uptight about you got away with it. But oh, do you remember? Okay, here's my favorite. I wish I could find this. Do you remember that ad we did for the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, we beat yes. each other up. And they, right. and John and I went and looked for it. So it was that thing where back in the day they had, I think people watched the news, people watched KEZI for the news, and John would go, no, the weather. No, the news. And then we oh, get into the fight right. and we're hitting, we're knocking each other cup. And the last shot is John Fisher taking my head and sticking it in the fountain at the downtown Eugene down there, pulling it up and he's going, weather. And I've got, <laughs> they, they aired it. And then John and I could never find it. I don't know what happened to it, but I would give my eye tooth to find that video. Somebody goes, it's got to be on YouTube. I don't think it got out. I think the station was like, because it was good. It was really a good ad. I well, it, was very, it was unusual, though. It was unusual. Right. And, and again, they, they, at that point, the TV station was willing to, to let us and let everybody at the station. I, I mean, Doug Barber and Tracy Berry would do really in-depth pieces. They went to Russia right. and, and stuff. And Nash, local news just doesn't have that opportunity as much anymore because of budget constraints. And I understand that. But because people are so careful, they're all so careful now right. you don't want to offend anybody. Well, oatmeal? I remember Rebecca. Would you like Ford, oatmeal with that oatmeal? Yeah, it, it, you and I talked about this. How they were making our language into oatmeal. We couldn't say anything. Right. It was like everything was just so clean. And you always got away with a lot more than we did. I think because of one, you you know your your length at, at the station there, and then later in years. I think I got away with more because I could get it. I could go out and do stories that they wouldn't let other people do. And that's when the end came for me was when it was like, I remember talking to you going, you know, all they wanted me, Mark Hatfield, the, not the Senator, the news director wanted me in the station doing cut-ins all day. And it was killing me. I mean, I didn't get to go out and do Rick dancer reports or Oregon people or any of those things that I really love doing. <clears throat> and it just kind of killed it for me. Yeah, I mean, we also got out of the deal just as the Internet was coming in. And the Internet has a lot of wonderful characteristics, I think, where you're looking at one of them right now. You can do something of this nature pretty easily. But the Internet killed TV or deeply wounded its revenue stream. And uh, and it made everything try to be more generic. You don't want to stand out in any bad way or you might offend somebody. So. Right. And we did, we kind of, I, I remember, I, do you remember when we used to do the fair live with that bus? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They took that bus out there. We had a big KZI oh, yeah. bus. And that was the best week ever. John was there. I'm there. Lisa's there. Everybody's out. And we're like, the set is right there at the fairgrounds. That was so fun. And well, then that I, one store. We had a big bug contest one year when, when we were at the fairgrounds. And at the end of it, I um, took all the biggest bugs that there were, and I poured them on the set in front of all the anchors, Christy Lowell particularly. And these, there were a bunch of pine beetles that were four or five inches long. Huge. And people were scared of them. I was scared of them too, but, but it was pretty creepy, yes, yes. Yeah, you did. You always did some really funny stuff. And it, it gave them, I think, you know, and I, but even in the end, remember how they would just milk it for every, it's like, how many weather forecasts do we need in a show? I mean, well, it was popular. Having... weather was popular and 
right. one of the local radio stations or that I listen to now, they all say, oh, you can get our stories. You can go back and listen to uh, All Things Considered. Why, you could even go to our website if you were just interested in a weather forecast. I'm like, you know, a lot of people are interested in the weather forecast, like it or not, kids. Right. It <laughs> I, do have, I still do have the bike. I have three bikes now, though. I have my old one-speed mountain bike and a bike that I bought from Al Peterson's first wife. <laughs> well, you guys and John, I, I mean, I'm sure some of you already know this, but John actually lived close to the station and when KZI was at you know the old building, which isn't there anymore, and he'd ride his bike to work every day. And he even did it when we went to the other side of the highway um, and all the time. And it was this big clunky bike that you had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I originally got that bicycle because I rode my bicycle in Wisconsin all year also. And there's a lot of snow there. And so I had a bicycle that if I fell, the bar was low enough that I would still be able to have children if I was to <laughs> catch my drift. I hadn't had the whole family yet. So I right. figured I'd just keep riding that bike. It was just kind of fun. Well, plus, you know, that way, if you get on the news that night and you had fallen, your voice wouldn't be higher I mean, than yes, yes. a higher octave. So and, do, and you, I, do, what, do you miss anything about about the, the station? <laughs> You know, I mean, it was once in a while I'll come up with a funny joke. Like I would like to do a song uh, to paperback writer, but be eight o'clock Zoom, nine o'clock Zoom, ten o'clock Zoom, you know, because Zoom has become such a big thing. And I could do that in production at the station and put it on. And I'm not going to do that just as a guy because right. I can't sing very well and because it's too much. So I miss doing a few comedies, but, you know, for the most part, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's been really fun to have a, I used to be a, a building contractor for quite a few years. And then I was uh, d doing the TV weather for many years. And now I've, I've been a paid ski patroller for 10 years. And it's really been fun to have three different lives so far. Right. So tell it people, you also do some stuff for Eugene Magazine. And when the garden show is going on, you do some stuff to explain to people what you're doing with yeah. that. So I, I write a sustainability thing for Eugene Magazine uh, once every three months. Uh, and once a month, I do a sustainability piece on a radio station, KLCC. And also I do um, a garden thing on KLCC. And I'm hoping that the home shows come back because I do enjoy that live interaction with people. You know, you're talking to a group and, and you can sense that you're talking to somebody who doesn't want to hear that you can use urine as a fertilizer in a garden or that you can sense that they do. And hopefully your group doesn't mind that. Diluted 10 to one, diluted 10 to one urine is a great fertilizer. I remember doing a story with um, the guy at Lane County and he told me um, worm poop. He, 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 he made the mistake of saying worm poop, which was really compost. And mm -hmm. I, I used it on the air and he came back to me and goes, Rick, I got in so much trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was yes. unprofessional but it was true i thought it was great you know just yeah, kind yeah. of knowing um yeah. so yeah like for me people ask me all the time do you miss anything and because i get to do this and I, I i i do miss doing the oregon people stories those kind of things where i really had somebody there to help you kind of go through and do it i i love telling those kind of stories but this is like a whole new way and you and i too that's what i always thought you and i had a lot in, this in common was we love live I would do anything. If, mm -hmm. I'm, 
when it was when it was an anchor in the field, I was usually the one who went because Lisa and the Colleen and all them wanted to be in this station and doing their thing. And I just would I do anything to get the hell out that door and go be out there doing stuff. And so you and I would end up on on live starts together because I'd be anchoring and John would be doing the weather and we'd be out there together doing our thing. And I, I love that. Father Time, great to see you again. Some of my search and rescue people, one of the sergeants calls me Father Time when I show up on a search. Yeah. <laughs> so you do search and rescue as well? Well, I had been I, for the last year and a half. I have not because I hurt my knee. I, I, whether I'll get back, you know, I'm 67 years old, but I enjoy it. I did it for about 10 years, quite uh, heavily involved. And it was a lot of it was more fun. I, you know, it's, it's really fun when you find somebody who's lost and they need your help and you can help them. You don't always find them in a situation where you can still help them if you catch my drift. But that's part of life is the opposite of life. Right. <laughs> but yeah, and I really enjoy ski patrol still too, doing the avalanche control and, and stuff. The other, the other one that I'm doing that I have found really interesting and has opened my mind a little bit. Well, there's two things. I do what's called Citizens Review Board. Every foster child gets their case reviewed by a board of citizens every six months. And so I'm I'm learning and interacting with families that I didn't normally interact with. And I've learned a lot about how society treats different people. And then I, I volunteer at a garden over at Sponsors, which is a halfway house. And so I've gotten to know some of the guys pretty darn well. And I, oh, I can say it on this broadcast. You said I could. I don't want to offend anybody and I don't swear very much. But uh, we picked a bunch of strawberries and we've got this biker guy. He's in there and he says, we're going to make freezer jam. We're not going to make that regular we're not going to make that fucking cook jam. We're making fucking freezer jam. You know, it's just like this is guy with tattoos and, and he's talking, to, he's vehement that we're going to make freezer jam. <laughs> and not just any freezer jam, but fucking freezer jam. Exactly. And it was good. It was very good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have some of my friends right now here, on here talking nicely, very nicely about you are uh, former sponsors people. I have a lot of friends in that community. Um, um, how have you changed? You think, or, what do you think that people are, 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 how have you been able to be yourself now more than maybe when you were on TV? Well, I don't have to shave anymore, obviously. Well, yeah, um, I know that. I you know, I'm not in as much of a hurry. The, the, the television world is just built on fast and rapid. And now when I glue, I glued a table together that had fallen apart. And I'm just going to fix it and give it away. Well, I glued it together and I let it sit for 48 hours before I even touched it. And in my old life, I would have glued it and 20 minutes later, because of the whole TV world, I would have started taking it apart to see if it was ready. So I'm, I'm a lot slower than I used to be. So what makes you happy, John? Well, seeing the grandkids, of course, and the family, but um, I am actually, I'm reading a book right now called uh, The Overstory, and it's about trees and how they inter how trees are part of the interaction of the world and so nature makes me very happy in terms of uh, people are important but the world itself is more than just the people in it i'm not as much of a people person and when you're on television you really ought not say that you've got to be focused on people because they buy the stuff that the commercials are about, right? right. Um, but I'm not as people oriented as I'm sure you are. And I'm not meaning that in a negative way, but uh, I can be more in tune with nature than I used to be too. Watching so the geese go overhead. 
And that was always who you were and you had to kind of play the role of the people person and you were good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, you know, I, I don't want to be an egotist, but I was pretty darn good. You know, no, people you're sometimes tell me, oh, you were the best weatherman ever. I go, you know, in certain ways I really was. I had a lot of good, I had a lot of funny and interesting ideas that I was allowed to use. <laughs> well, I think that John also, you made, um, and and I, I and that, I mean this. You know me. I mean this in a totally confident. But you made quirky really cool, and you made it yeah. you made it understandable. You know what I mean? Where I think that sometimes um, in the world today, when things are a little quirky, people don't know quite what to do with them. And you made it really cool because you do things. And I'm <laughs> I, I always remember the look on Lisa Versha's face. She just look over and she couldn't believe that you would do some of the things that you did. <laughs> and, you know. But because she was, you know, this more society person than you and I are. And I'm, you know, I grew up more like low key and, and you would do something and I would just smile so big and thinking, oh, my gosh, I wonder what she's thinking. Or you'd put her in a boat and she, right. you know, I mean? you right. put her in a cucumber boat or a, or a zucchini boat. And here's Lisa and her, you know, perfect hair in this little zucchini boat. Floating along. And I think most of us are more than happy to be quirky oh, and yeah. not worry about it or we, we wish we could be but we're all kind of looking over our shoulders going well what if they think i think and the, i you know i both in green bay and here the first two or three things i did were they worked and people liked them and so then i was allowed to continue and there's always a few that were a little stupid right but if the first two or three unusual things you tried first would had failed, then you'd be forbidden forever. And so, uh, you know, it was a little bit of luck there too, that it wasn't too stupid right away. <laughs> yeah. And I think what people never really kind of understood that, uh, that I, I always understood is you had, you, you kind of, you had enough of a following. I remember, I can, I think I kind of learned this from you. I don't remember if you remember, there was like back in the old KEZI building, there was a year that they tried to get rid of me um, because they said I wasn't a, a good anchor. They had some marketing company come in and they didn't want to keep me. So they did this whole thing. And I watched you and how you made the community fall in love with you. And you didn't, you didn't make them, but they just did because you served them. And I thought, I'm doing that. I'm going to make it so they can't get rid of me. And I went and did every event. Um, you used to speak at a lot of schools. I spoke at schools. Nobody else in that station spoke at or was, was in schools or places as much as you and I were. And when that year was up and they came back and said, you know, your numbers are really high and that, 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 was like, huh, -uh. It's, that's how you get, a, that's how you stayed in that business is you, it wasn't the TV station that had to love you. It was the audience that had to love you. And you did that naturally because you were quirky and fun and yourself. And I think we all learned from that. And I, I thank you for that, John, because I think that's what saved my bacon, you know? I, I hope. I mean, occasionally I, I would have a new person come into the TV station, a, a new reporter or something, and they would kind of look at they'd go, well, you obviously don't know anything about TV because you haven't been able to move to Portland or Sacramento or something, you know, and th there is a lot of go-getterness in television. And, and I feel sorry for the people now because you can't, I don't believe work at a local television station for a long time and make a living and buy a house. Like there's no way I could buy my own house now if I worked at a TV station because they just can't pay as much money. So what are you going to do? 
menopause yeah. in your beard? <laughs> I'm working on my beard, darn menopause. <laughs> yeah, I went through that a few years ago. So <laughs> yeah, it's called male menopause. We call it manopause. Yes, manopause. Yeah, they well. See, there, so, there's the. You don't have this sign of manopause yet, Rick, but I no, do. I, no, I don't. I've got, and my dad kept this through the end, so I'm hoping that this, it's kind of become my thing, because it was so funny back in the day, you you know, they we had to keep our hair a certain way for the news and oh, stuff. Yes. And once yes. I left there, uh, my barber goes, do you want to do some hipster stuff? And I go, do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you do whatever you want to my hair. Yes. So, um, so, John, what's your, like, if you have a, like a, I don't mean this like to sound weird, but if, if you have a cause, what is your cause? What is your what is the thing you'd like to leave people with um, that? You know, and, and you can be as I mean, this is this is not TV. So you can tell people <laughs> what you really, truly believe um, that we should be doing or that um, you, you would like to see more of. I mean, just I think it's an opportunity. Just do, tell me with your heart. You know, sure. I mean, I, I mentioned it a little bit, but I just really feel like the whole world is as important. Uh, the snails and the. Cabbage moths are just as important as the TV stars and the politicians. And, you know, being kinder to the earth and not trying to fill your bucket list with stuff about you. If you want to serve, there's a lot of people who need uh, who need some help and we can provide help. And I'm not the first person to say that helping others is much more gratifying than getting a bigger big screen. But, yeah, the, the earth is, is more important People are not the most important thing on the earth. And simplicity, how important is simplicity? Oh, extremely, extremely. Don't throw it away, fix it, get a new one, pick up those things that can be reused and, and use them again. You know, yes, yes, I'm a very simple man. And that's what I like about you, John. I remember coming to your house and I don't know why I was shooting because I didn't shoot, but for some reason I came to your house and you were doing a garden tip. And you maybe you were sure, I don't know, but some reason I was there and you had washed the sandwich bags. Oh, yeah. Like, and he rinsed them and they had these little trees. They had these little things made up and the little sandwich bags would stay on there and dry. And I was like, John, I've been known to rinse out and clean. I clean the Ziploc bags because I'm really cheap, but I've never washed a sandwich bag. And I went, John is that much more intense about this yeah. than I am because <laughs> you you really are. They're hanging on the on the. Um laundry line right now my wife and I are both into it you know she she would make anybody else look over the top except for me and but she doesn't get frustrated with my with my savingness she lets it keep going somebody says john i don't think you're going to do this somebody says take a page out of rick's book you should be doing facebook gardening advice <laughs> yeah, i'm on klcc once once a month i just got too many things to do and and there's and you know the other piece is I appreciate that people enjoy what I'm doing, and but I was almost a little disappointed when KLCC asked if I would be their garden person on the air because we need younger people and there's, there's a lot of great ideas that newer, younger people are coming up with that should get as much attention as old gray-haired men. <laughs> John, what's it feel like now that we're sages? <laughs> yes, it's remarkable how much people do listen to me. Like the other my neighbor was throwing away some onions that he had grown last year about a month ago and they were starting to sprout well i can't grow onions that well but I, so i went over and asked him how would you do to your onions and he was like 
you're asking me <laughs> as oh. if I know everything about gardening, but I sure don't, you know, I learn from my neighbors. <laughs> Not, you know, I don't know what, what happens in the end and all this, but you might, let's just say, you know, let, you know, there, uh, you, you die, you go to heaven and God stands there and goes, John, okay, you're here about the corn. How do I do the corn? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Plant it at the back of the garden. So it doesn't shade everything else. So John, here's my new thing. I see you haven't seen me. So yeah. I'm all, I mean, yeah. it's like, so I have a, a, a tattoo artist and he says, you know, why Kathy and I travel and Kathy goes, what do you want for your 60th birthday? And I said, I think I want to get sleeves. And she goes, you're kidding. And I go, no. So these are all places that we've gone oh. um, on trips that we've done for shows or places like that. Landmarks of earth things. I don't have anything, you know, dumb. Um, I'm not into some of this stuff. So it's all kind of things like that. It's been really fun. And it is funny that people will go, I see online and they'll go, I saw Rick Dancer and that dude is like tatted up on both arms. Like it's like, it's probably with people are going down. John Fisher has a big white beard. I saw him on Rick's show last night. <laughs> and there's, it's all tattooed underneath the beard. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a Scrabble game or a, a, a Crawford puzzle tattooed on here, but, but I, you can't see it because of the beard. So. so again, people can see John, your stuff and the Eugene magazine mm -hmm. and you'll hear you on KLCC. Yep, and yep. Once, once the garden shows get back up and running, we can find you out there and uh, giving mm -hmm. advice, but not signing autographed pictures like we had to do at the fair. <laughs> I, I'll I'll make it quick. After signing autographed pictures for so many years at the fair, my signature changed and the voting people wrote to me and said, is that your signature or do we need you to give us a new signature card? Because if you have to write your signature 2000 times, it's you know, it changes. I tried to get into the ZZ Top concert free by walking up there and going, hey, I, I've got to play in a few minutes, but they didn't fall for it at all. <laughs> so I got a couple of guys who I had on my show one day and they um, they were doing the tattoo thing, but they both looked and John, they looked exactly like the ZZ Top dudes. So they got in my car and I do this show at the car wash when COVID's not here. They get in the car wash with me and we drive around in the car. Um, in, inside the car wash and have a conversation. So it's in the car wash with the Rick Dancer. These guys came in and the guy goes, hey, turn on that music. And he puts on ZZ Top, bum, 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 bum. And people came on and I said, you guys, I am here today with ZZ Top. So many people, they believed it. They thought, what was Rick Dancer getting in the car with ZZ Top for? <laughs> and and I, I should say too, I really appreciate that people still say oh i enjoyed what you did and and that sort of thing and it's nice to see that enough people are watching or is that your wife just typing in endless um, comments <laughs> with different have, names? We have, have multiple accounts john yeah nice, just nice. but, it, okay. but i i do appreciate that people enjoyed what i and we were doing and so it's very nice i uh, i won't kick anything particular but uh <laughs> well john thank you so much yeah. i'm gonna I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to throw a commercial in here real fast. And you're used to that. So this, you guys, our show is sponsored by Chris Dental, uh, Michael Bratlin. Um, and he, when he heard I was having you on. Cell phone to every patient. When you come in to see me, uh, as you leave, I'll give you my cell number. Um, I had a patient the other day that came in and he had heard, I think, either a radio commercial or on your show, Rick Dancer, um, that I had to get my cell phone to everybody. And he said that a couple of weeks ago, he was in extreme pain and he tried to get a hold of his dentist, couldn't get a hold of his dentist, uh, called around, couldn't get into a dentist. I'm like, that's horrible. Because with me, that will never happen. 
um, every patient can text me, and they can you can you can text me about you. You can text me about you could be a grandchild. <laughs> no, no, it's not not just you. No, every single person has my cell number. So he really does. This guy, uh, he's he gives out cell numbers, and I put this out this ad out for somebody uh, for him, and, and this lady writes me. She goes, "Well, yeah, if you're Rick Dancer, you get his cell phone number." And I go, "No, everybody gets his cell phone number." I mean, that's how it, it makes is. sense. I mean, once in a while, I haven't had it yet, but but if you need a dentist right now, that would be handy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, John. So more people are coming on here. Enjoyed your garden gigs. Uh, wonderful to see you, John. Thank you, Rick. Um, well, thank you, Dr. Bratlin. Um, John, thank you so much for being on here with sure. me. It was, it was fun, both talking to you beforehand and uh, during the broadcast. So and, and enjoy yeah. what you're doing, Rick. You you clearly do enjoy what you're doing. So I do. I really like what I'm doing. And I think I learned how to do some of this from all those days at KEZI with you and your live work. So um, I appreciate your friendship. Okay. All right, Johnny, see ya. All right, bye. you guys. Bye, all uh, folks. So how's that? That was kind of fun, huh? <laughs> I'll tell you what, that is so weird for me because I sat with John for all those years on the set. I mean, we, we worked, how many years is that? So that's 89 to 2008 uh, together. And you learn a lot about people in all that time. And, uh, and it's just fun to kind of look back. I would never want to go back and be that Rick Dancer again, ever. But um, seeing him kind of makes me miss him, uh, not just John. But that old Rick Dancer, just uh, it would, the, you know, the, I think it's nice because it calls you. Um, it, it makes you see what a rich and blessed life that you've had and that you continue to have. And um, <clears throat> I wouldn't change anything, um, you know, just a blast from the past. So we're going to try to find other people uh, that we used to work with and bring them on. I'll look for Al Peterson. I'll see if I can find Al. Um, I am looking for Shelly Kurtz, trying to find her. Um, and Laura, thank you, because I like this Rick a lot better too. I just, I, I, and I would never go back to that, ever, ever. But I miss the somewhat innocence of that. You know what I mean? Not that we were innocent, but just that um, when you work for someone else, you don't have to be in charge of everything. And uh, so you miss things like that. So I knew you guys were going to like that. And I tell you, not to pat me on the back, but I worked really hard finding John. I had to, I had to scout around to find that guy, uh, Shelly Kirst, the other day. I hope I find her, too. Shelly's a beautiful, wonderful person. <clears throat> um, hold on. And I would love to see Shelly. Well, we're, we're going to work on it. So you guys, you do me a favor. Um, Facebook's being kind of weird. Um, so if you would take this and share this on your page or to somebody you know that used to watch the news, share it on there. That just helps us get the word out to more people. And that helps my clients and people that are uh, sponsoring the shows and stuff. So uh, that's kind of what it is. That was, Amy, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Tomorrow, um, we're going to be at... Uh, Tap and Growler, and we're going to announce a program we're doing with Elements Health Club. So Elements Health Club is going to be giving away seven-day memberships to their gym. And then we're going to be giving some money to the Tap and Growler to give you a surprise when you come in to get a beer. Uh, you're going to get a gift card. Uh, but I'm going to tell you more about that tomorrow. Um, I knew where John was. I can help you get Al. Oh, can you, Laura? Yeah. If you just – I know he's on Facebook. I can look for him. Um, hold on. Know the best, Rick. Thank you so much. All right. All right, you guys. We'll talk to you later. Have a great night.
Oh, 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 oh,